This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home, as almost everyone in the world is as we record this, and I am here with uh, my wife and partner in life in podcasting, it's Sarah Scrimshaw. It's me! <laughs> it is you. <laughs> I like that you've taken to really uh, using the uh, the Mario introduction of... <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that last week. But who knows? Well, last week was, as we all know, 2,000 years ago. Pretty much. That's yep. what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a long-term listener for of Obsessed, thank you for listening uh, for such a long time. If you're new to Obsessed, this is a podcast where I uh, interview guests about things that they like a lot. Sometimes it's something that I like a lot as well. Sometimes it's something that's just in the pop culture zeitgeist. Uh, and you, Sarah, often come on as mm-hmm. we've been doing like oh, every month or every two months. We've been doing kind of a an at-home where it's the two of us talking about something that we're obsessed with. And right now, while it is such a strange time in the world where I'm not going to be inviting uh, people into my home since we're all supposed to be staying at home, you and I are having uh, talks about lots of different fun things. Sure are. (laughs) <laughs> we sure are. I can speak in complete sentences. <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> sure can. Uh, so uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, something that is on some people's minds. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of people's minds. And then I realized I think it is just that if it's on anybody's mind at all, it is intensely on their mind, mm, mm-hmm. which makes sense for a, a podcast called Obsessed. Uh, I should note that before we get into it, that this is the 299th episode of Obsessed. Mm-hmm. We did a couple of uh, like movie pop culture reviews that we didn't numbered. We didn't number, so we we're actually uh, past 300, but we we're going to hit the actual 300 number next week, and you and I uh, will have a special episode that we haven't discussed yet, mm-hmm. but it's going to be special. It's going to be a party. <laughs> it's going to be a party. We'll of the two that. of us safe in our home, just to be clear. <laughs> a two-person <laughs> special party. Uh, and that will be coming next week. But for now, let's get into this. We are going to talk about the movie known as Cats. 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 Uh, so I just want to start with a brief overview of the movie <laughs> Cats. Not the plot, but more the uh, phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out uh, December uh, of last year, 2019. Uh, when the trailer came out, people were weirded out by the weird CGI, and it birthed a thousand jokes on social media. Mm-hmm. And then it came out, and it was just extremely odd to bad, depending on who you ask. Uh, it was kind of record-breaking in that the uh, the film released an updated version of itself to theaters <laughs> to fix a couple of just straight up errors in the CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then recently it has been released uh, on uh, home video and people are having some cats watch along parties. So now seems like a good time to dive into cats. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's the, uh, the song intrigued to cats. Huh? That's right. The, the conversation of cats. <laughs> oh, so let's go back to the beginning before we even get into the actual movie of what your experience with the musical Cats is. Yes. So I grew up in the era of Cats the musical. I'll see it again and again and again. And if I could have, I would have. Okay. So you did Uh, actually see it. Yes. In the theater. Oh, yes. Where? Um, I think in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. I, I mean, I know I saw it in Des Moines. I don't remember if I saw it. 
so I saw the Broadway touring production in Des Moines. I want to say for sure once, maybe twice. Okay. And then um, it was kind of a big deal when it got released to regional theater. So I also did it when the Chanhassen Dinner Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota did a production of it as well. But I want to say I saw one other touring production of it. Okay. And then I listened to the soundtrack a lot. And when you say did it, you, you weren't in Cats. No, I went to see it. I watched I watched it. I sat in a seat like I was supposed to. <laughs> and you watched the cats. Did you audition for cats? I did. Okay. Did they make you try to pretend to be a cat? I it mean, was... I guess that's all of what cats is. So, So okay. So here's full, like, I am a dancer, as you know, because you are married to me, but yes. everybody listening might not know. And so going to see cats as a dancer, like a dancer who loves musical theater, that was my, like, okay. So here's my life. I'm going to go to middle school and then go to high school and then go to college. And then I'll go just like tour with cats for a year or two. And then I'll figure out the rest of my life. Like when I was, I don't know, 14, I thought that was a fabulous plan for life um, because I loved the dancing in it. Because it's a super dance forward, even for a musical, right? Yes. It's super dance heavy. Yes. And I will get back to that. Yes and no, I'm actually going to say. Ooh, okay. So, um. But you get to, you know, be a cat, which is fun. And so then when they, um, when the Chan Hassel Dinner Theater in Minnesota put it on, um, I was very excited, auditioned, made it to callbacks, made it to the final round, final, final, final round of cutoffs, and uh, spoiler alert, did not get cast, um, very sadly. But it was one of the most fun auditions that I've ever gotten to do, uh, just because we got to, you know, like had to do all the cat jumps and things that you see them do and like <laughs> had to walk like a cat. And I cannot help but talk about this right now. My hands are currently being paused. You are kneading the air. That's right. I've basically got a tail going right now while my feet are also moving. Um, so yep. yeah, looked under the table and verified. <laughs> uh, will you, do you know if you were up for a specific cat? Uh, I would think I was just auditioning for General Cat. I was not trying for one of the, like, the named cats. Most of them do have names, but there's yeah. a fair number of General Cats. Okay. Um, watching the cats growing up, I would always pick which ones were my favorites. Okay. One of my favorites was the white cat, who is um, Victoria, which in the movie we'll get to is kind of a combination of a few different cats. Okay. I loved the Siamese cat. Um, I was, you know, was, was tall as, as a youngin, And so I was like, Ooh, that's the call, the tall cat. I could be that one. <laughs> but then there are also two tabby cats who got to do a lot of fun dancing. So those were kind of like, Ooh, I want to be one of those cats. Okay. Cause so, those were kind of not all da- cats dance as much as other dance. And I wanted to be one of the dancing cats. Okay. So you wanted plenty of movement. Yes. Okay. And we will get, we will get back to the dance, uh, mm-hmm. how, how dance heavy this show is, but I want to understand this. So in Des Moines, when you say you're seeing the Broadway touring production, so mm-hmm. I mentioned this is like a, a really relatively big theater with a relatively big audience yeah yeah i mean it's got to be one of um like the des moines civic center maybe i saw it in um i went to high school in ames iowa and a lot of um broadway musicals and things toured through there as well it's a good midway stop um at ames des moines in between the coasts and lots of big cities so we got a surprising number of you know touring productions Giant rock bands would come to one of those two cities okay. all the time. Like, that wasn't that unusual. Um, but it was probably like one of those, like, 1,500-seat houses or something. So something like the big um, theaters that it would normally be shown in. Okay. So, that yeah, that's just important for me to con- to picture in context because I-, I have never got to see Cats live and in person. But I have done a ton of theater, uh, mm-hmm. as you know. And there's a big difference between something like where a bunch of adults are dressed as vaguely sexy cats and dancing in 
a big theater for 1,500 people versus <laughs> there are 25 people right, right, in a right. black box theater <laughs> and those, you know, cat crotches are only five feet away from you. Yeah. It's a very different vibe. Yeah, no, it was the type of theater that um, because my parents were smart and prepared, they would bring binoculars if we wanted to see things up close. (laughs) (laughs) You use binoculars to see the cats dance. I don't honestly remember if I did, but I know that often when we went to that theater, we would because, you know, it's a big theater. It's far away. Okay. Um, Yeah. So feel free to to uh, uh, dust this with your own personal uh, reactions and <laughs> insights, but I am also curious to just set the context of cats in because this was the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. You saw it, so uh, I saw it in the nineties, but it 90s, came out in the eighties. Right. So you you were a fan of Broadway and musicals, so you had yes. seen lots of different uh, musicals, I would imagine. A fair number, not not that many like touring, but I'd seen I'd certainly seen my share, been in my share. Okay, so then when you saw Cats, mm-hmm. was it like this is absurdly uniquely its own thing, even for a Broadway musical? Um, yes and no, in that it's absurdly uniquely its own thing because it's all a bunch of cats, <laughs> and because there's no plot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which was, you know, clear from the first time you see it, no matter how old you are and what version of you see, there is no plot, really. Okay. Kind, there's uh, kind of, and we can talk about that more. But um, I mean, for me, I think I really enjoyed a lot of the music and I enjoyed the dancing and I enjoyed it was it was like um, out on the town theater. Like it's the type of thing you go get dressed up for. Like we didn't live in Des Moines, so we would drive to the next, you know, city right, and go to Des Moines. You made a special trip for cats. Exactly. And you put on your fancy duds I sure to did. see the cats. Sure did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, I get there was a big event. In you, did you? In, would you say that you enjoyed it more than other musicals? Was it like, wow, Cats is mm. something special? It's got no plot, and the cats are introducing <laughs> themselves and dancing for and some parts hours. I find very boring. But um, I would say it's up there in the top of at that time. Um, I was very into Les Mis, okay. So that's always going to be competing, and I don't remember what order I saw them in. Yeah, um, obviously, Cats came out earlier. It, that was also around big Phantom of the Opera time, and you know it's it's been a few years. So my exact like, how long was it between when I saw these yeah. has gotten a little mushy. I understand. It might rather than the exact uh, difference of years in which you saw them. I guess I'm just more interested in how much how much of an impact it had on you. If you're like you saw it and you liked it, or you were like mesmerized, loved Cats when you were a kid. I saw it. I really liked it. I really liked a lot of the music to it. Um, and that was something that at that time like could be taken home with you or you could check right. it out from the library, maybe burn a cassette tape of it, uh, listen to it over and over again. Uh, so that was kind of what I took home with it. Um, I do not tend to be a super obsessive person. Yeah. And so it's not like that was all of my words were suddenly going to be a T.S. Eliot poems or something. <laughs> I would only walk through the hallways like a cat because I saw other things that I liked at the time. So I wasn't, I wouldn't call myself truly obsessed with it, but I really, really liked it. And my fake plan for my life did include joining the touring production. So I, I'd say it did make an impact. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And I guess I I don't even I expect you to answer yes or no on obsessed because I understand that uh, your relationship with obsessiveness but I'm just curious, like how much it was like elevated in terms of like, ooh, this is a great musical. I think I just really enjoyed 
the placement of dance in it. Got it. Um, but in terms of like, there's a lot of songs I really like, but it wasn't because I was also a singer, but it wasn't like, oh, I really want to be able to sing one of these songs because I'm not the right voice type for memory. And if you listen to it, most of the songs are actually sung by men. So um, so it wasn't like, oh, I want to sing this song and have this be like the song that I sing for my recitals. Got it. Like that's where Les Mis came in. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about the dance. Yeah. So you said cryptically that it is very dance focused, but in some ways not. (laughs) What does that mean? So this is not a thing that I necessarily remember from seeing like a touring version of it, but it's something that I was struck by when I've seen versions of it as I've gotten older and also by the movie version. And it was actually the movie that reminded me because I kept thinking during the movie, like, "Ah, you guys need to be dancing more. There's not enough dance (laughs) in this film was um, one of my biggest critiques with the film. But then I was reminded that that was actually my reaction to seeing some of the, um, like, the production that I auditioned for and did not get cast in. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, they didn't dance that much anyway. I mean, and they did dance. And part of it is, like, the movement is so caricatured as a cat that you're always kind of dancing, but it wasn't, like, big dance number. And yeah. a, a lot of it is kind of just, um, especially the movie, is more like poses than movement. Okay. And I really feel like that cat movement lends itself so well to dancing that you should have really big fun dances for more than just skimble shanks and Jenny Annie dots, but you should have like really good, fun, amazing dancing because there's so much you can do with it. Okay. So in the that makes a lot of sense for for uh translating that cat m- movement to big specific choreography, big numbers. Mm-hmm. In the production that you saw, mm-hmm. was there kind of constant cat movement? Like the general cats, were they always kind of slinking in the background? I feel like there was. I mean, <laughs> I don't honestly remember because it's been, it's been years. Or if they weren't, there was very cat-like how, you know, like a cat would lounge up on a shelf somewhere. Like the set was huge. And so they would, you know, climb up to the top of the trash heap and just lounge. Okay. But it would be in a very cat pose. And it's not like, oh, I'm just sitting here. But you'd be like, you know, muscles fully engaged. You're there. Right. So it wasn't just like lazy guy at a Halloween party. It was like, you were always a cat. Yeah. Yeah. You're not leaning against the wall, sipping on your cup of cat wine (laughs) (laughs) cat wine yeah but and i also feel like there was a fair amount of like sometimes like every every movement is so intentional yeah it's because my entire experience of Mm -hmm. cats is the uh relatively famous uh john lovett saturday night live skit uh where he uh uh uh, hypnotizes you to he's a magician he hypnotizes you uh tries to hypnotize the audience that his show is better than cats Uh, he's going to see it again and again. Uh, you should see it again and again. And then I think I would see like ads on television probably when it came through touring or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember even as a kid thinking, I thought I understood our society. <laughs> but I guess I don't. <laughs> Why is this so popular? Just like uh, uh, it, it such, seemed such a weird thing because on the commercial, like, the cats were slinking toward you, and it it was somewhere in my cultural understanding. Like that is what is being advertised to me is somewhere between Sound of Music, uh, the rock band Kiss, in an episode of He Man, and that is somehow <laughs> a mashup of those things is somehow the most popular thing on Broadway. I mean, that's a little 
insane when you think about it, isn't it? That this is the thing that kept running for so long and smashed all these records. It's yeah. bizarre. It's it's a really weird thing, and I I can't explain the cultural phenomenon of it. There are not that many dancers out there. There are not that many fans of T.S. Eliot poems out there. I don't know if it felt more approachable than other things, or it just kept going and people talked about it, so people wanted to see it. Yeah. Or it was just like, okay, well, I can see some people move around, and I don't need to get the story because there isn't one. I mean, there there I shouldn't say there is one. There is kind of one. There's a thin story, right? Mm-hmm. What what's the thin story yeah. of the musical? Because there, there's a Morin story in the in the movie, and even that is thin. Mm-hmm. But what what when you say there is a story in the musical, what is it? That the Jellicle cats are coming together, and one of them gets to ascend to uh, the Jellicle heaven, layer. the heavy side layer. Yeah. That's and that's basically the story. In in the musical, uh, spoilers for cats. Yes, the musical by the way. and the movie. Uh, is it uh, Grizabella who who goes up? The memory cat mm-hmm. always goes up, even yeah. in the musicals. Yes. Okay. Great. Just she want, wins. She wins. Okay. Just just wanted to understand. She doesn't go, she doesn't forget her lines. I didn't mean that by go up. Um, I'm gonna address something. The uh, the not elephant. The uh, the cat. The sexy room. cat in the room. Uh, something I read on social media, many people having this opinion about the popularity of the musical uh-huh. and part of the reason that it's such a weird translation to film is uh, that I saw it's many people saying this is about sex. This is about uh, where a bunch of people could go sit in a room and without admitting it, uh, people of all genders, desires can look at people in tight cat costumes pose their bodies in weird slinky ways absolutely (laughs) so you feel like that is a fair uh, assessment of the a part of the popularity of cats is they're they're in tight suits they're in unitards they're they're in lycra spandex (laughs) non-shiny kinds but yeah i mean absolutely (laughs) that is so funny to me humans Weird. Humans, the musical. Uh, so this is my final question about the actual musical. I don't know why this is burned in my head. I, there must have been a specific commercial. In the productions that you have seen, mm-hmm. do the cats literally slink off the stage and come at you in the audience? Ooh, not that I recall. Okay. I think that was in the commercial or else that's the way the commercial became in my mind. You, know, I mean, I remember seeing the commercials for it and they totally slink towards you in the commercials. I don't think I ever sat in like the first four rows and I don't think they would ever make it farther than that if they did go into the audience. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, they wouldn't slink all the way up to the binocular level, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a long slink. All right. That that was always interesting to me because obviously uh, it, it's a spectacle to see a bunch of people mm-hmm. in furry unitards. It's a whole different thing when they literally can slink off the stage and and slink at you. Mm -hmm. And that's a kind of uh, magic, if you want to use that word, that you're not going to get in the theater. Mm -hmm. And I might be wrong about this. This is a tiny detail. The movie theater, I should specify. But I think with the exception of a few cats, most of the unitards are not furry. They're painted to look like it, but it's only a few of them have fur. And they have fur like on their hands and on their heads and their faces are painted Right. Oh, but, but other than painted, that, it's just... But I don't think... No, I don't know. I wasn't on... I wasn't up there touching the people because I wasn't supposed to be. Uh, but I want to say that most of them were not actually furry. I mean, okay. it's an amazing costuming job. Yeah. Just Leotard City. 
But I mean, really well done. Yeah. You believe these people are cats. (laughs) You will believe those people are cats. All right. Uh, So let's get into the actual movie. The movie. The movie itself. Mm -hmm. I want to start by painting a picture of our viewing experience. Yeah. Because we saw it in the theater. Uh, Even once the reviews came out and most of the reviews were negative, uh, the reviews themselves were like this field day of people, of critics and pop culture movie writers kind of trying to outdo themselves in the description of what a bizarre experience this was, uh, seeing it in the movie theater. So uh, you and I often go to a movie on Christmas Day, Mm -hmm. and we uh, went on Christmas Day, and I had a very good uh, time. There was uh, at least one uh, famous comedian there, uh, and it seemed like we had gone late enough in the Cats release that what was keeping it going in Los Angeles is various uh, comedians wanting to see it so they could Mm. riff on it (laughs) at some point. Right. Uh, And my experience of watching it was... I was trying not to laugh out loud because I wanted to be respectful to people who are like, I've been a diehard Cats fan for Mm -hmm. 40 years and I want to experience this. And the movie just broke me. And (laughs) my perception was that it broke the audience as well because it got to a tipping point where, to me, I felt like uh, at least half, if not more, of the audience just broke and started laughing. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I I would say that we it was a fun combination because you had kind of the comedian row next to you. I definitely had some diehard musical theater people near me <laughs> uh, who were just you know from the chatter ahead of time. I think we definitely had some people who were there very um, sincerely to see the movie, and then others that were farther enough away that I couldn't tell. But I kind of feel like nobody was disrespectful. At least that I noticed, and I was kind of in my own head, so maybe everybody was yelling and I just tuned it out. But I do feel like halfway through, yeah, people were broken. Yeah. Not in a bad way, just broken. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. Were you broken? Did the movie break you? Eh. (laughs) I guess that answer is yes. Uh. Uh, We'll talk about it. Uh, Okay. But uh, so you are not sure if the movie... I would, here's, okay, so my quick version review, oh, our, yeah, our personal can, opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, you take take your time. Is, um, so I spent a fair amount of the movie going like, okay, what's all the fuss about? This is weird, but did people just not know that Cats has no plot? <laughs> it's most of the same songs, and, like, it's Cats. And, yet yeah, the animation is kind of a weird choice that this is what they chose to spend a lot of money on. But, like, people are losing their minds over this. And I just was kind of like, oh, yeah, but it's Cats. I mean, I, I get it. That's far more simplifying it far more than that. But there were definitely some moments that I both love and broke me, mainly Judy Dench staring straight into the camera. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you survived for a long time until Judy Dench stared into your soul and told you uh, that she was not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were moments before that, and it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's not weird. I think I just, um, I knew it was weird, and I was like, there's so much more of a story that is given so much more um, emphasis than there is in the musical like come on yeah it was really fun to see that reaction from people going this movie is so 
messed up. There is no plot. It's just a bunch of cats introducing themselves on one hand. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, like musical theater people who are fans of it going, why did they force all of that plot into cats? <laughs> well, and I actually liked the plot and I did a little research afterward of like, okay, what do I, and like, cause it's been so long since I've seen it. And I hadn't realized how many different versions of cats there have been over the years. Oh, really? Because, yeah. Cause there were some pretty problematic parts of it fairly early on. Um, and some of the reimagining I actually thought worked pretty well. Like the, the Growl Tiger's Last Stand is the part that just is like a weird, it's a play within a play, which, you know, totally fits for 1960s films, but it's not what we're used to now. And it was just a weird thing in the musicals. And here they actually gave that a story and a plot because it was part of Macavity. And it's like, hey, this works for the first time ever that I've seen it. <laughs> um, and some of the songs have changed over the years and who sings them has changed. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's got like a fascinating history of how many different versions it's had. Um, so this is like, you know, people have struggle with uh, Lucas making multiple changes to the original trilogy of Star Wars. But Cats, oh, yeah. the, we are any version of Cats you're seeing now is some version of Cats, the special edition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. That's my understanding of it, at least. Wow. Yeah. But the other thing that I had, at least by halfway through, was um, like, oh, this is interesting. There's a story. Oh, these are the songs. So that's fun. Some of the things that I'd heard about really bugging other people who were fans of the musical didn't bug me maybe because they had told me about them so i was warned (laughs) and not shocked um like the dancing cockroaches but um with the people faces with the people faces um but honestly one of my big things getting back to the dance thing is is you are making a movie about cats this is a giant budget movie you could have and maybe you do have the best dancers around why are they not dancing? Because they were doing some lounging when they could have been doing some dancing. Like, I don't mean like they need to break out into a time step. I just mean like they should be standing in the background just doing like little like cat flicks and things like that. Really? And just not in a way that detracts or like when they're in the alley, they should just be, there should have, in my opinion, sorry uh, to the choreographer and everybody who worked on it, but I just feel like there could have been so much more by which I don't mean more in quantity but more in like those small little movements that i just feel like would have added so much yeah and i see i think a lot of movement was there but in my opinion Mm -hmm. uh they the movie was cut weird so that even in big moments of dance you cut away from it quickly and this is i i go on about this for uh combat on screen mm-hmm. and then i feel this realized that combat is just violent dancing uh that uh i feel the same way about dance like uh, i can't ever stop talking about star wars one of the reasons i like the obi-wan and darth maul fight in episode one is because a big chunk of it is just the camera pretty much doesn't move it just follows them so you can really appreciate all the movements versus yeah. something that's cut it really really fast so it's just like well there went that person's elbow went somewhere and it made contact with something that caused and i felt like i felt like the you know editor of the last two Jan, jason bourne movies edited the dancing of cats <laughs> I, and where I mean, it's just like oh i that leg is extending somewhere to do a move where did that leg go where did the cat <laughs> attach that leg go where eight cuts after i should have just seen where the leg landed yes i you are totally right um, I mean, maybe I still want more dancing, but I think that editing, absolutely. And I do want to say I have only seen it the once. Um, so maybe when I watched again, many things I'm like, no, that wasn't in there. And then I watched it, I'm like, 
Oh, it was. I just didn't see it. <laughs> so I'll give give that caveat. But absolutely the editing, for example, Jenny Annie Dots, who's teaching the mice the special skills uh, like sewing and uh, tatting. And she creates the cockroach tattoo, which is a military dance, not a like needles in your skin. Um, <laughs> she's doing she does a, like she does a big tap dance and sh- maybe um why am i blanking on the actress rebel wilson? well rebel wilson isn't a dancer but there was like they cut away from her feet <laughs> that's right when, when she, she was, was tap dancing she was tap yes. dancing you could see she was tap dancing and then they cut away from her feet to like her shoulders or something or the back of her head like it made no sense yes. and it was just frustrating it's, it would be like here you know i i feel like having that kind of editing on Cats is like saying, here's a great Gene Kelly movie. Did you want to actually see his feet? I don't know why. We're just going to like show you his shoulder and how it interacts with the clouds over him, <laughs> which would be cool and artistic. He yeah. never would have allowed. But No, no. Gene um, Kelly would have made a quite different filmic version of Cats. Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that be amazing to see? I would love to see that. Uh, uh, we can talk more about specifics, but I want to share some of my kind of big yeah. picture reaction yes. to this uh, masterpiece as well. You are in the camp of it's not horrible, it's just not great. It's full of weird decisions. Is that is that fair? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like the whole concept of making a movie of this is a weird choice. Right. So I feel like we're starting from questionable choice. I was not won over to that choice of the animation and all of that yeah. throughout it. So I was like, okay, that's still a weird choice. But overall, but yeah, that's Okay. Weird, but I don't. I don't hate it. Okay. Yeah. For me, I I super super enjoyed watching the film, and I am excited to watch it again. Mm-hmm. So like, there are different kinds of bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know, uh, many friends uh, who work for uh, Rift Tracks and various iterations of Mystery Science Theater, and I wrote for Rift Tracks for for a long time, and uh, have that you know. Uh, interest in bad movies and there's mm-hmm. so many people who are interested in m- specifically movies that are so bad that they are good and that everybody wants to come together to share and celebrate a specific moment in Samurai Cop and you know mm-hmm. y- and weird awkward line readings become iconic to a certain group of people and I f- feel like those kinds of movies are hard to find mm-hmm. in a modern context and particularly a huge Big budget. We're shooting for and expecting many Oscar nominations. It so to have a kind of movie that is shooting for we're gonna dominate at the Academy Awards turn into a a modern you know samurai cop, but it's <laughs> but it's with dancing cats. Mm-hmm. I think I was really fascinated with the it is so bad slash weird it's good mm-hmm. that. That was like my. That's my overall appreciation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really enjoy talking about how weird to bad the movie is. Mm-hmm. I don't mean any like disrespect or or anger towards any of the creators because I think that the other thing that fascinates me about this is it was. It's clearly as you said, it's a challenge to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. How the hell are we going to interpret? this weird musical mm-hmm. into a weird movie mm-hmm. and it just didn't work. Yeah. And on the special effects side of that, that's super fascinating to me because just about every 
bonus special feature I've ever watched of any movie with any amount of CGI in it is always you're talking to the creators going, I don't know how we're going to pull this off. And if this creature or this effect doesn't work, it's the whole movie. We're sunk. If people don't believe this water effect, if people don't believe, you know, this uh, Terminator, if people don't believe, you know, this version of Yoda, whatever it is, mm-hmm. man, the movie's just going to totally fall apart. Mm-hmm. And then you always marvel at that. But it didn't happen. And this is the movie where it finally happened. Yeah. The idea, the technology behind the cats just didn't really work. And it is not at all the fault of the people, the actual effects people. Like, it really pissed me off when when, uh, James Corden and Rebel Wilson made a joke at the expense of the visual effects people at, mm-hmm. at the Oscars. That viscerally made me angry. Because mm-hmm. it's not it's not their fault. They tried to execute the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just fascinating to me to be like, this is what happens when it doesn't work. Then the yeah. whole movie becomes this super bizarre, dancing, squirming trip through the uncanny cat valley. <laughs> yeah. And we're just, we're not there yet. And maybe they'll be able to release a special edition in five years. That will be amazing. Yeah. Are we not there yet? Or is it just... <laughs> well, I, I don't work in effects. I don't right. know. I guess my that's my interpretation is that we maybe just aren't quite there yet. I don't know if we ever want to be there, but uh, <laughs> we go lots of places with effects. I mean, I you know, there's, there's plenty of movies that have been kind of toward the edge of the beginning of their curve. Right. That, you know, like... Um, when they came out, it's like, this is amazing. But you can also a little bit still see the um, stitching that holds it together. Right. And so I wonder if this will be one of those. Right. But I think the thing is, is like, you know, I'm sorry that I cannot speak about anything but Star Wars. But Rogue One came out, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's it got a lot of special effects that we've known forever. And maybe there's some advancements. But then you have the uh, Tarkin face mm-hmm. which is was really especially in in late 2016 uh pushing forward with that replicating the face of an actor that we are all aware that human is not alive mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of mixed feelings about hey did it really work did the tarkin face really work and some people like total on county valley awful and other people like i didn't even know it could have been the whole film and i feel like cats mm-hmm. is if every single character in Rogue One had Tarkin face. <laughs> and you'll find people go like, didn't bother me, seemed pretty pretty fine. And other people are like, I feel like it was a warning. It's like a threat from, yeah. uh, about something's not right yeah. <laughs> in the universe. Yeah. And that's the way that I felt. Like, Oh, I agree. Okay. Like, it it was not quite right. It was not quite there. Yeah. From right away. I, I think we saw the cleaned up version. I think we did. Um, so we did not. I would love to see the first version sometime. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But the clean up version was just fixing like things like there was a shot where Judy Dench just didn't have a cat hand and you could like hear her. Uh, see, not hear her. You could see her wedding ring. Mm-hmm. I still am sure that there was a shot where I could see just her normal hand. But yeah. it was kind of hard to tell how much. Because just different shots, it seemed like their hands were kind of furry, and then other times, not as much. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, and but, I feel like there are a few shots where, like, people's legs and hips were not moving in the direction with each other that they should have. Like, yes. I feel like that was specifically with Taylor Swift. <laughs> just like, but me, I might be wrong. It might not have been with her. But there, I know there was at least one where I was like, 
that is not synced up correctly. Yeah, and I have I am not an expert in, uh, on visual effects, but I, I've, I've read some discussions of the way they decided to capture the movement was not enough movement, you know, not enough information okay. to do really accurate rendering of like body capture and movement capture. Mm-hmm. So you get some of those like the what the hip dot thinks it's going here, but the knee not. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, but the the other big picture thing that I wanted to say is just when I try to think of cats, mm-hmm. the movie, the one word that comes to my mind is vibration. It's like, <laughs> really? why? And it's because of it, the whole thing. It's, it's what broke me. It's why I say I broke mm-hmm. because it wasn't like I was sitting there, arms crossed going, how many poor choices have they made? It really got to that point where like my... M- mind feels like something isn't right and i have to find a way to handle it and laughing is the way that i can do that mm-hmm. it because of that the the slight the jerkiness of their move the cat's movement mm-hmm. the fact that i think they were like just sort of moving and undulating almost all of them so every frame felt like it was just kind of squiggling around mm-hmm. and then once my eyes would adjust to one frame full of squiggles it would rapidly cut to a different angle in collection of squiggles Mm -hmm. and then if the camera even did stop on somebody's face it felt like to me like a snapchat filter where like (laughs) you you you're a cat who can put judy dench's face on but if you move it kind of shakes a little bit in the way the middle of your face shouldn't shake around and so the entire thing left me with just this sense like i had been grabbed by the shoulders and just almost imperceptibly Somebody's been shaking me for two hours. <laughs> Was I not supposed to do that to you? <laughs> Did, are you gaslighting me? You cat gaslighting me? <laughs> Thought it would add to the experience. All right. Uh, yeah, I do. The shaky cam is also there. Was shaky cam at the beginning, which I was. Uh, I agree. It, I think I got used to it, or maybe they calmed down. But it was that was very disconcerting because you were trying to orient yourself in a very disorienting introduction to a movie, right? And it didn't help get you there it helped get you not there (laughs) at least for me i I think that is uh, probably not a great slogan uh, (laughs) to put on a blu-ray box it helps you to not get there Uh, one of the things that people uh, talk about a lot about these this movie is totally to what you were saying of orienting yourself is how big are the cats in relation to human, normal human size objects yes. like chairs and uh, rail lines and, uh, you know, doors and yeah. on and on and on. What size do you think the cats are in Cats? The, the cats in Cats, the movie, they have found a wider range of cat sizes than we have ever seen on Earth. Because <laughs> they're all over the place and they can shrink and grow. Yeah. Um, because some of the same cats at different times are vastly different sizes. They can be smaller than a pair of, well, not smaller, like the size of a pair of scissors. And then other times <laughs> they can stand and reach the sink at the counter. <laughs> and it, it was when they got to the railroad. That yeah. I, I can't remember if I felt they were too big. I think, I think I thought they were quite small. They got very small for part of Skimbleshanks. <laughs> what size... Do you want the cats to be? If you were in charge of directing cats, mm-hmm. would you just say, screw it, they're human size? Or would you try to make them the size of actual cats? Yeah. Would this would it be the size of cats 
if cats could and did constantly stand on their back legs? Um, without having seen it, yes, that's what I do. It might be that you'd see it and then be like, yeah, that doesn't work. And maybe that's why they made such a big change. But yeah, I would be like, okay, here's a couch. Here's a standard table. What does um, a standard cat look like when it's on all fours? And what does it look like when it's on two legs? Yeah. And I would, I, I mean, I, to me, that feels like not a decision that needed to be made. <laughs> but that's, um, that's why I didn't make the movie. That right there. That's the reason. <laughs> that, that is the only reason that you didn't make uh, the movie. How much did the cat uh, magical size shifting affect you? It bothered me. It bothered me a fair amount. It, how? What did it do to you in your soul? Well, it's it's the disorienting thing again, because yeah. it makes it feel, I think it's similar to, I think for me, honestly, it had a similar effect to the awkward cuts editing and um, the shaky cam at the beginning. It did not help me get to there. <laughs> uh, it just, it kind of, I didn't feel like there was a reason, like if there was a reason, like if we're doing, you know. We're doing the Macavity song, and we want to show that Macavity thinks he's larger than anything. Yeah. And, you know, he's built his own house where everything's, like, half size, so he looks really big. <laughs> like, I, 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 there's a world in which I could believe that there was a reason for the cats to be different sizes. Yeah. They did not create that world for me. Yeah. Especially for the same cats to change sizes within the same songs or moments right they it wasn't like skimbleshanks is gonna uh, dance on the new jumbo size train tracks right right like if if they were trying to make a comment about the size of rail tracks and they decided <laughs> to use this as a social commentary go for it but yeah. that is not what they were doing they're speaking out against what, early <laughs> industrialism yeah uh, all right. I want to ask you about songs. Yes. Do you have a favorite song that was featured in the movie? Uh, and, and how does it compare to the musical? Well, perhaps the one that I've been talking about a lot. Skimbleshanks. Okay. I think Skimbleshanks is pretty popular on the old internet, too. So yeah. tell me about uh, why you like the Skimbleshanks song. It's just, It's got such a good rhythm to it. It's I've, I've, It's just, it's always been a very fun song. It's one that feels like you're going to dance to it. It is one that typically does have good dance to it in the um, stage version. It is, to me, it was basically that I can remember the best dance number of the movie. Yeah. Um, where people actually got to dance. They got to <laughs> tap dance. I loved it. I'm gesticulating very largely. I, I thought you were going to swear there for a second. <laughs> it, was, it was so fun and freeing to be like, ugh. Finally, they get to dance. Let the cat out. Yes. I also have always enjoyed the song. Like, it's Scumwell Shanks, the railway cat. Like, he hangs out on a railway car. And um, remind me of the essence of the song, the story Skimble of the song. Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. He's the cat on the railway train. See, I know logically that all the songs just say the cat's name and then their thing, but it still just cracks me up. It's so beautiful and stupid and weird and fun. But here's the effect that Skimbleshanks, the railway cat, has had on me. Uh, you and I 
have a game that we sometimes like to play a board game. Yes. Called <laughs> just to be clear. Thanks for clarifying that. It's called British Rails. Yeah, because that would be a weird game to play elsewhere. <laughs> and um <laughs> as we go th- there's some of the stations that like I have always been like, well, why isn't there crew on British Rails? Because because crew is one of the the towns that's mentioned in Skimbleshanks. <laughs> and when I because I, you know, heard this when I was young, when I was um, studying abroad in the UK and would take like the West Coast line. I was like, oh, this is the Skimbleshanks. Like I would be like, oh, I know these names from this song. So you so, learned. So I learned. Wow. Okay, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Because yeah, you are a big fan of uh, of the railway. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I was then, but I've become one. Um, I also re- really like Mr. Mistopolis, but it's one of those that I think I like. And then when I listen to him, I'm like, yeah, this one's fine, but it's not my favorite. I have a weird relationship with that one because uh, it it is the one that gets stuck in my head the easiest, mm-hmm. and I uh, was extremely amused by the song in the uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh uh, yeah, it, it 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 is a earworm in an unpleasant way. Mm-hmm. Like uh, again on social media, I I mistakenly opened a link where uh, some uh, friends were singing it. And then it that was it for me for two to three days. Yeah, pretty much every time I say the name, then I'm I'm done. It's what yeah, I'm singing right now. Just it's happening now. right now. Yep. Do you, yeah. No. Okay. I was no. going to ask you to sing it, but no. I don't want to do that to no. people if they can free themselves yeah. from the magical Mister Mistopheles. Skimble Shank. That's not how it goes. <laughs> I can't sing. Uh, in the movie, uh, so McCavity has his own song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you sing just a little bit of that? McCavity. So- my cavity, there's no one like my cavity. He's the dun 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 of reality. Dun 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 <laughs> that's right that's right it's about all the awful things he's done and how he's wanted and how people have tried to uh catch him but then he's not there Right. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I think the whole McCavity thread, which I know was made a bigger deal in the movie, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, he's not kidnapping cats Mm-mm. in the musical, right? No. That was just to, to raise the stakes, like That's they right. say in Hollywood. That's right. Uh, yeah. But I, everything about McCavity was one of my favorite things. So yeah, I like <laughs> I liked the kind of jazziness of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it uh, I liked how over the top McCavity was. Like, oh, yeah. Just knowing that. Isn't that uh, Grizabella's thing that she's partially ashamed because she associated with McCavity? Um, I I don't remember. I'll be honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she used to be the glamour cat. She used to be the glamour cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, McCavity it was just... I like the way that he would sometimes say McCavity and then he'd be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so many great things about it. Memory mm-hmm. is obviously... A real good song. Yeah, absolutely. I've been hearing it since I was a youth. It's one of the things that, you know, escapes the theater into just popular culture. And you can know that song and not even know it's from Cats, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought the song was good in, like, uh, it's Jennifer Hudson, right? Mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson gave it her all uh, and and the uh, constantly uh, present uh, snot, which is a weird... That was a weird choice. A weird choice. Mm-hmm. But, again... Uh, she sang the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. But for me, there were moments of that song that had accidentally perfect comic timing. Yeah. Like, it's a, like a specific kind of like beat 
in a sketch or uh, you know a comedic play where if you're you're doing it with a bunch of the people who've done comedy a lot, you're like, oh, let's do that bit, and everybody knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, it goes back to like vaudeville of the a loud thing happens, just enough time passes that you think the loud thing is over, everybody kind of relaxes, and the loud thing comes back. In the way she was singing it. Well, I'm just saying, like, it, okay, yeah, like if if you think of that as a comedy beat, yeah, some of her. Big moments where she would go and just go for it. Yeah. It would be like, wow, nothing could, no note could possibly be higher, louder, or more powerful than that note. And then it would disappear for a moment. And just like timing wise, at the perfect moment, you thought, oh, that was the end of the, no, it's not the end of the song. Mm-hmm. And it comes back louder and more powerful. But to me, it was just like the perfect comic timing like that i wanted all the cats in the background to be like great song and then just be taking a sip of something and then it happens again and they <laughs> spit it out and somebody else falls over because they weren't expecting the loud noise to come back mm-hmm. that was my experience of memory i totally understand <laughs> but but you seem like you don't agree um i i think it's it's a song i've heard for so long that uh, I enjoyed Den- Jennifer Hudson's interpretation of it, and but it is it is a song that to a certain extent is written that way. Yeah, and so I think it's just I just don't have the distance. Okay, it's, so you, you thought it was one of the, one of the more successful songs of the movie version? Um, yes and no. <laughs> I feel like there are some parts of it that were very good, and some parts of it that were just weird choices. Uh, what were the weird choices? Um, that's not. <laughs> I think that's, that's, uh, yeah. When you're singing mm-hmm. about being in the moonlight and you have, yeah, a lot of snot on, yeah. your, on your face. I mean, she's supposed to be disheveled. That's part of it. But yeah. I don't know. I just, it it's one that I felt like uh, without having seen it again, honestly, I just can't quite put my finger on like, oh, this is the thing that broke it for me. Yeah. It's just that I feel like it had some really strong parts, but there's something about it that didn't quite work. The way, I mean, it's it's the showstopper. It's what ends, I think, act one. And, you know, it's the thing that you walk out and everybody's singing and is, you know, on the radio and all yeah. of that. Like, And I feel like it was very close. It was very close. <laughs> it sounds harsher than I actually <laughs> mean it. Uh, and then I know you have opinions about the controversial <laughs> uh, new Taylor Swift uh, song. Yes. And tell me about that. Well, so it's... I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift actually sings Macavity. Um, so that's not the new song uh, yeah. when she's on her little swing. Yeah. Um, no, but the new song that the Victoria sings and then the Taylor Swift version, Taylor, the Taylor Swift version <laughs> sings uh, in the credits. So here, uh, full disclosure, I haven't heard it again since then. I meant to listen to it again uh, before we did this podcast and I got distracted listening to the original Broadway West broadway cast recording and i did not um in the flow of the film it it bugged me okay and uh in the credits i was like oh yeah this is fine i like this yeah because it's taylor swift herself in the credits in the credits yeah um but i was we were chatting uh on new year's eve we did a show with some lovely performers and friends and i was chatting with the very talented amy dolan and uh, we were talking about the things that we liked and the things that we didn't like about cats. And I was trying to say without, um, I, I mean, I'm happy that people like it. I, and I was like, it just, it didn't work for me. And she's like, yeah, you don't need 
another song right after memory. <laughs> and actually, she's the one who brought up like memory is what you go out into intermission on. It's like you don't need a comma and another phrase of a sentence after memory. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly why it doesn't quite work for me. So I don't know that it's the song as much as the placement. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I need to hear it again. But in the moment, I was in the thorough, nope, can't. Yes. You don't follow a show stopper with just a little bit more show. Yeah. Because it's a show stopper. That's the whole point. Exactly. Got it. Do you have a favorite cat? Uh, From the movie? (laughs) Or in real life, I guess. Well, I meant like as opposed to the the because I I mentioned the ones that were my favorite cats in the Broadway show, but here's where it's very different. I mentioned that Victoria, um, who has been combined with a few other cats, um, is kind of the young lead cat in the movie. Yeah, uh, but she's the she's, audience perspective cat. She is, uh, but she's very different than she is in in the Broadway version, at least the versions that I saw. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I always kind of liked the Siamese cat. Like she would come in, they would come in and do their thing, do some pretty cool slinky dancing, just not pay attention if they didn't want to. They had some good attitude. <laughs> How about in the movie then? Um, I need to watch it again to come up with a favorite. Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks. Yep. Uh, so there, so there Ooh. wasn't one that jumped out at you? Um, I actually thought that the, the narrator's cat was really good. And I'm going to blank on the cat's name I made a right list now. of cat names. Um. Uh, tell me more about the cat. He he's the one who um, uh, he introduced like he's the one who came and um, he kind of narrates everything that's going along. Monka strap. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. I thought he was very very good. Okay. So <laughs> because of he the... will be my favorite cat in okay. the movie. Fair enough. For now. Uh, what was your favorite cat? Gus. <laughs> Oh, yes. Gus the theater cat. Yes. I actually thought that was the most successful part of the movie for me. Yes. Actually, I totally forgot about Gus. Gus in the movie version, the Broadway version was not always my favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it led into the weird part that didn't work and was kind of boring to me, at least as a child. Okay. Um. Yeah, I loved I thought that was actually was the best part. Yeah, because there's definitely some surreal weirdness to me, but I felt like uh, he... Some of the other cats, it was hard to like, uh, even though they were singing to me about what their deal was, mm-hmm. I didn't really see or feel their deal. I mean, when it's things like, you know, I, I like to tap dance, but you can't see it, you know, that's right. hard to connect with. But uh, for Gus, it just felt like this feels like a relatable story of, I could feel the emotion of, I used to be somebody I used to have this sort of power of being this vibrant flame on stage and I can only just flicker a little bit right now, but I just want to, I just want to try to be a flame once for just a moment. Mm-hmm. It was such a, it's such a musical theater of like, <laughs> once I was this great thing, now I am but a small thing and I shall try to be again. It's like, mm-hmm. it's such a musical theater emotion. But for me, it's also like, yeah, that's, that's entirely relatable. Yeah. To anybody who has ever, you know, is ever felt a little past their prime in something. Yeah. And just like within the uh, technicality, technical sides of the film, I feel like that one worked. Like they got, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they got all the parts to work and, you know. Yeah. The eyelids blinked at the right times and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. So like it, 
it didn't have a distracting or a detracting element from it too. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's because Ian McKellen has a lot of stage experience. There was mm-hmm. something in his performance that just kind of felt like, like some of the people I feel, when I was watching them, I felt like, did you know when you were acting that you were going to be turned into a cat? <laughs> <laughs> and other people were like, could you stop moving? I get you're a cat. Mm-hmm. And he just, he was just kind of perfect. There was a little, I got all the like emotion of it, but he also just, there was, he wasn't winking at the camera, but there felt a little bit of like, I'm aware I'm a cat. He had a few pretty good like paw on face movements. <laughs> That's true. Where he just kind of, you know, instead of brushing his face, like just did a little cat movement. And those are actually when I keep going on and on about the dancing. It's more just like the those little kinds of movements like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a favorite surreal moment where the oddness of it all uh caused you joy or pain (laughs) (laughs) um i mean judy dench staring straight into the camera and delivering a large part of the final monologue uh sung monologue kind of sing-songy spoken yeah why did that break you or why did that why is that your most favorite surreal moment i mean how often do we get to have judy dench staring into (laughs) our souls to say that she is not a dog (laughs) Yeah, I think for me there was a it, it, that was definitely like at that point it was just joy because uh, I knew we were coming toward the end and it was just <laughs> cherry uh, the absurd cherry on top of the big sloppy absurd Sunday. It was the being lectured because it, mm-hmm. it, it was the lecturing tone of like you sitting there in the audience. You are the ones who are somehow in the wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a really fun thing to experience after watching this extremely strange movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then my other favorite surreal moment is uh, the moment where McCavity takes his jacket off. <laughs> the, the film's entire relationship to what is and is not cat nudity, right? Because yeah. sometimes they're wearing things and sometimes they're not. And, yeah. And there is a moment when that moment when. I mean, Cavity is very musical theater, right? Because he's not there and he'll, he'll pop up and he's evil and there's, oh, there's so much about him. And then when he whips off that jacket, it's, I feel like the intent is supposed to be, oh, not only is Cavity evil and amazing thief, he's ripped, but the way his body was made up CGI wise, it was yeah. like, I can't tell if that is supposed to be what you think a ripped cat looks like or if it's like, just a normal middle-aged human body with kind of a fur effect on it. He was very smooth, wasn't he? He was very smooth. Yeah. Very, very smooth. And like the shadows and the lighting made it hard for me to determine is the intent that that is a tight, ripped pectoral muscle or a pectoral muscle that has seen better days. Yeah. Yeah, there there are some uncanny moments with McCavity, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Uh, so there's been a great discussion also about both the musical and the film about the word jellical. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is so much in the film that is patiently explained to us and Victoria mm-hmm. about the rules of this group of cats. Mm-hmm. But what jellical is, mm-hmm. what it specifically means, is a mystery. Mm-hmm. What do you want jellical to mean? I want Jellical to mean something individually to each cat that nobody else can know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is that not? Am I not playing the game? <laughs> I know you. You answered. I just don't know what your answer means. So help me with the. You have more cat's knowledge from seeing the musical. 
uh, version. Jellicle is the name of the overall group, right? You, you're not allowed into this society unless you kind of pass the trials to become a Jellicle cat, right? I but then think it's never so. described what is the if that is that a gang name <laughs> or is it you know yeah like a society? Is it like being knighted? Yeah, or, I mean it. It is a weird like it's you've been turned out and tumbled upon in life and so you get to be a jellical cat now I think is kind of how I interpreted it when I was young of like this is jellical cats are found family okay in, in but I don't know that there's actually any connection to that in um the text or the lyrics or the T.S. Eliot poems I think that's just kind of how I interpreted it okay I, I can see that interpretation. There's a feeling of the that you want it to be that uh, it's kind of set up that Victoria will figure out her her true self, her jellical name, her jellical name, and mm-hmm. then she will. In in I remember that being one of the things I, that in terms of watching it again, I really want to look for if Victoria what Victoria discovers about herself mm-hmm. to become jellical. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she's all, she's kind, mm-hmm. right, and she speaks up for Grisabella, right, right, right. Yeah. So I guess that's it. Well, and, you know, those moments when a cat is sitting and staring off into space, they're thinking about their jellicle name. <laughs> you were turning into a cat before me, and it's scaring me, to be perfectly honest. I'm getting scared as we record this. I brought a CGI live effect machine, too. <laughs> well, you, you, were, you for listeners, uh, you were doing the, the creepy voice, and your shoulders are moving a little bit, and your eyebrows are going up and down. And it's that... It's that feeling of like, what? I'm telling you the truth. You just haven't heard it yet. Like it, that weird cat, <laughs> like, what? We gave you all the information. We told you mm-hmm. that only a cat can hear a jellical name. Like, that's not an answer. <laughs> uh, do you know about the alleged alternate cut of cats that the internet is talking about? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Please tell me. All right. Brace yourself. Okay. It is the uh, butthole cut. Oh yes, I have heard about okay, this. Okay, so you did you did just block it out. <laughs> I I forgot. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody who hasn't heard about this, and I don't know why you'd listen to this much of a podcast about cats and not have heard about this, <laughs> uh, but somebody piped up and said that they allegedly worked on the special effects, uh, and that there was not a version where the cats had fully articulated uh, anatomy mm-hmm. uh, under their tails. Uh, but rather that there was a version where they had sort of ambiguous shadows and somebody came in and was like, no, 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 no. We need to re- remove all even suggestion of possibility mm-hmm. of seeing cat uh, buttholes. No cat anatomy. No cat anatomy. Uh, there has partially facetiously, partially, I think, quite sincerely uh, been a movement. Hashtag release the butthole cut. <laughs> yeah, I had not heard that. <laughs> Do you want to see... If it exists, no. a version where there are ambiguous shadows in the butt region of the cats. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but I don't have a need to seek it out. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, just a couple more uh, questions for our main topic. Uh, so there's that debate back and forth. The musical truly has very little plot and is just a, se- uh, a sequence of cats introducing themselves and describing what their thing is. Uh there's more plot in the movie, but a lot of people said, "I what is this movie? It's just cats describing mm-hmm. themselves. If you do accept that cats is primarily 
simply cats introducing themselves and telling you what their thing is, mm-hmm. is that bad? No. To me, it's not. Um, because honestly, as you're as you're describing this right now, it feels almost like, I mean, is this just like, this is their variety show. <laughs> And this is what they this this is what their talents are. So they come yeah. in. So you know, because we've got the you know magician, and we've got kind of two magicians because Macavity isn't there. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you've got Jenny Anydots who comes in and teaches all these skills to all these other little creatures. Yeah. And then you've got Skimbleshanks, of course. And then you know you've got Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser, maybe stealing things and. A great variety show act. Theft. I mean, I feel like this is Salada's the cat's variety show. Yeah, which and it kind of is even in the musical, right? Yeah. Where they're they're competing to uh, go to the heavy side layer. Yeah, I and I'll be honest. I think for me that part never. <laughs> like yes, they're all kind of introducing themselves, and they say like, "Oh, tonight is the Jellicle Ball," so they're all excited about the Jellicle Ball, and but you kind of know it's going to be Grizzabella. Yeah. Or you hope it is. Like, you're really rooting for, at least I was always, really rooting for Grizabella. Oh, yeah. So. Um, if so, being a juggle cat is about overcoming a hardship. Yeah. Grizabella's killing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, it's like, okay, tonight's the night of the Jellicle Ball, a.k.a. the cat variety show, and one person wins at the end. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Bing, bang, bong. Done. <laughs> if you could see any other an- set of, uh, not set of animals, any other uh, specific animal mm-hmm. just do a bunch of introductions of themselves, mm-hmm. what animal would you like to see do that? Penguins. <laughs> That's a great answer. And uh, if you were going to have a song and dance to introduce yourself, oh, what might it be like or about? Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> and I do not know. Oh, goodness. Uh, it, what would it be like? Well, it would have to be lively, I think. Because I think that's one of the things. I'm not always a person who's like, uh, wants, is like, uh, who can talk, apparently. I'm not always a person who wants the lively things. I, You know, like I like a good ballad and all of that. But I think one of the things that I like about Cats is the the action, and also the variety. So it'd be something that would have like a good upbeat tempo, but maybe it would have like a little bit of a calm in the middle. And, uh, you know, I'm really into being outside now. I've been on this podcast before about trees. Let's just go for it. Let's make it about trees. It's going to be about a cat who actually likes to run up trees and then get back down again. <laughs> you are the cat who doesn't need I, any I don't emergency need services. Nope. You don't need to be rescued. You just pounce out. That's right. <laughs> she's in the that. tree. Then she's not. <laughs> I think that is a great answer. Uh, I think my song would be in a mixture of confusing music, musical styles. <laughs> I would embrace the fact that I like to sing, but am tone deaf, so that would be a part of it. So part of it would be Joseph, the, the tone-deaf cat, but I would still sing <laughs> anyway, and it would drive people mad. Wow. Every once in a while, it happened to hit the correct note, but for the most part, nah, nah. And then it would be uh, Joseph, the tone-deaf multitasking cat. <laughs> <laughs> and then each verse would be about how I need to find better focus in life, because each verse would be about a different thing I like to do. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
We're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Uh, so we're both going to answer these questions because I don't think either of us are like truly, fully, deeply obsessed with cats. Uh, but I think I'm interested to see which one of us is actually more <laughs> obsessed. Do you think about cats every day? Uh, no. Okay. Was there a time in your life when even when you were a kid? I know, I know you weren't obsessed with it, but were you a time? Was there a time where you had like specific windows where you were listening to the cast album a lot and it was on your mind a lot? Yeah, yeah, probably. And if you take in, you know, like the times when um, the songs are stuck in my head because they are earworms, <laughs> if that counts, uh, then there's certainly been times where I've been at least somewhat obsessed with it. Okay. I think that without realizing it, I have been thinking about cats a little bit every day because I follow enough people on social media who are obsessed with cats. I think probably since the film came out, there has not been a day on Twitter in particular Mm -hmm. where I haven't passed some sort of discussion of cats. Wow. So I think the movie and the joyful what the hell impact that it's had on the world Mm -hmm. has stuck with me almost every day since it's been released. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I obviously then don't like, I'm not thinking about cats when I'm washing up (laughs) 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 or that kind of thing. Uh, When we see the film again Mm -hmm. and when we can go out into theaters again to see it, would you want to go to one of the rowdy screenings that are happening? Yes. I would like to at least once. Okay. And kind of see if... Here's my thing, and this is uh, just kind of who I am. Some rowdy screenings I really enjoy, and some not as much. And so I think I would just need to be like, are they making fun of the parts that I like? And am I okay with that? And having my own little like, but I like this moment. And we can all share in the fact that they're changing sizes 15 times during this great song. Um, I think, but I would love to experience it. I'm not against it. And I will also just say like, I had a moment of going, do I need to see this movie? Do I? And I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can attest to that. Yes. So I think I might be similar, uh, have a similar reaction to the rowdy screenings. Yeah. I think that's the thing for me, too, is like if I went to the one with the right spirit, and we have lots of friends who, who have gone, if I went mm-hmm. to one that had a, a joyful feeling of yeah. let's delight in how weird this is, mm-hmm. you know, that, to that point where like you can't call this a failure because look, we're all here. We're mm-hmm. paying money to enjoy this and we're together and we want to hoot and holler at the absurd parts. I think yeah. I'd really enjoy that. Yeah. I think if it happened to have a feeling of like snark yep. of like, yeah, this movie's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> if people were literally saying that out loud, then it'd be like, this is not enhancing my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I like the, the joyful, rowdy version and not the spiteful, rowdy version. <laughs> yes. Uh, we are pro-joy and anti-spite. <laughs> yes. Be well matched on that one. Amazing thing to discover. Uh, if you could add a cat's filter to all of your Skype work calls and you would see all of your coworkers with vibrating cat faces and bodies, would you do that? Well, until you added the vibrating faces and bodies. <laughs> well, that's what it is. I mean, here's the thing. Like, we're all working from home and on a lot more conference calls than we were a week ago. Uh-huh. So um, if it were a filter that I could put on for the right calls... Okay, do they know that the filter is on? No. Oh, it's just me. Oh, maybe. <laughs> or even one that you could share. I mean, come on, house party. Yeah, well, if if would you be more inclined uh, if uh, everybody agreed to it and said, look, we have a two-hour meeting. We're all stressed. This is stressful. Let's all be cats. Mm-hmm. 
Honestly, yeah. If if we're the right group, I'd be into that. <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some way to set it up. I'll, I'll have to look into it. I, <laughs> I want to do the full cat's filter. Would you buy or want in our household any Cats the Movie action figures? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't have a strong need for them. Yeah, there was a lot of emotional distance between your first mm and your third mm. <laughs> well, here's one of the things. I the, One of the, the um, things about Cats that I love the most is the physicality and the movement of it. So it just feels awkward in a jarring way to have something representing it that is not like a poster that's supposed to be yeah. still i mean action figures are supposed to be still i'd be more worried if it moved but like to have, an, <laughs> to have an action figure that's just like hi i'm a cat but i'm trapped i okay. can't do my little twitches i just mm, mm, no i think i think that would uncanny valley break me what if it was an action figure that had some sort of mechanism inside so it twitched every once in no, a while? No, also not okay. That doesn't make it better? You know, the only thing that might, then this is going to just sound so wrong as I say it, but you know the little like floppy figures that they used to be around? Like they all had oh, a string yeah. and then there's a button on them and they would flap over in fun, weird positions. Yeah. I would I would be up for one of those of one of the cats. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. How about you? I I I wouldn't probably go out of my way to pick it up out of only having so much action figure in display room in our home, mm-hmm. which is already a competitive battle. Mm-hmm. But I would actually really like a Gus the the cat, Gus nope. the uh, theater cat action figure or Funko Pop. Yeah. But I would, in particular action figure, I would love uh, if he could pose in the way. There's that one shot of Ian McKellen kind of leaning up against something with his face pressed up. Yeah. And if I could just lean a little Gus the Theater Cat action figure's face up against something. That would be pretty cool. And actually, if there are little skimble shanks with like the little tap dancing feet above a little tiny rail line. Oh, yeah. Just like paused mid-motion. Oh, yeah. I think I was just picturing like... Oh, like Static, really traditional, standard, traditional um, five action points figure. of articulation, not really bent limbs, really, yeah, yeah no knee that bends, was, yeah. That was just like actually causing me physical pain. I so, understand. Uh, yeah, no, Gus the Theater Cat, Skimbleshanks, absolutely. Okay, fair Come enough. on into our home. But with uh, plenty of articulation so they can uh, gyrate if needed. Yeah, or just like, or frozen in a po- pose that... Um, that uh, shows movement. Okay, yeah. That, uh, yeah. A dynamic cat action. Exactly. Movie. All right. Uh, is the movie Cats sexy? Yes. <laughs> Why? Okay, I mean, I feel like I, Cats is sexy. It might be weird sexy. It might be this didn't quite work sexy. But I feel like that is part of, um, that's part of its DNA. Yeah. And I think that translated on the screen in a way that contributed to my breaking, well, because it, it there were there were many cat nuzzles. Some of the them I think were character between characters who were meant to be like flirting, mm-hmm. and then there were nuzzles between like cats. Were like I, I think that's a you know a, a, a parent child dynamic. I don't think that's supposed to feel sexy, but <laughs> there was just there was so much endless nuzzling yeah it felt to me like two hours of cat foreplay and i wanted to scream at the screen just kiss <laughs> so maybe I don't... cats need two weeks of foreplay 
<laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, I think I would. It was a very frustrating version of sexy. <laughs> so I guess what I will say for my answer to that. Uh, all right, moving along. Would you stop talking to someone who constantly complained about cats? No. Okay. Elaborate. I think. I mean, if uh, if I if there's somebody who just like wouldn't let it go, and every day I had to be like, "Cats movie is dumb. It doesn't come from anything. It doesn't. You know, like, <laughs> it, there's no like Cats the musical is done. Like there's no reason for it. You're like, but it came from this, and that came from this, and then it's all dumb. I would need to be like done that was my nodding with uh, responding yeah. and talking about other things okay uh yeah that feels like a yes to the question that you would either try to redirect them or you would stop engaging with them i mean it depends like is it like a long time friend i'm not just gonna stop being somebody's friend because of that but is it just a casual person who insists on talking to you in the parking lot yeah i'm gonna disengage <laughs> with them <laughs> I got this weird neighbor who just <laughs> keeps stopping me every time I walk into the apartment building. <laughs> you know, yeah. that one then, yeah, yeah, I'd make sure I took the stairs instead. Yeah. I think I would have to really brace myself for that. And I would mute a person on social media for that. Mm-hmm. For a, Because that's a part of that. this thing to me is like, it, obviously, I don't think the film turned out the way the director probably intended but it gave people so much joy yeah you know so yeah. there's a difference between I, I not mute anybody who's like i can't stop thinking about cats because it's so weird that's mm-hmm. delightful to me but yeah complaining about it yeah that that's a mutant um if a presidential candidate you already supported talked a lot about cats would that increase or decrease your support mm, i don't know that it would have a big effect on me one way or the other okay because this is somebody that I already support, you said. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But would I understand that it wouldn't make you go, oh, I need to walk away from this candidate. But would would you, as somebody who is supporting them and pulling for them, mm-hmm. would you think that that was helping or hurting their standing as a political candidate? <laughs> to every I mean, once in a while go, and by the way, as we learned in the major motion picture movie musical, Cats. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to say it might indicate a lack of touch with reality, especially <laughs> right now with everything else that's going on. So it might make me question their judgment or their speechwriter's judgment. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like, eh, they're talking about it again. I like them less. Yeah. I think it depends. It all depends on talk context. <laughs> if it's just like, what's the fun random thing you want to talk about? And this is what they want to talk about instead of basketball or something. Cool. Let's go for something else. Great. Right. It is totally context because I'm thinking through now if there was a candidate who was demonstrating that they were really savvy and kind of made a joke about like, you know, we want to keep everything making sense. We don't want this to be cats, you know, in the movie, you know, and like if they were making some reference that was like in touch with the cultural conversation around cats, then it would be like, ooh, that's a great sort of they can connect with people. They are aware of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but if some when some out of touch person was like, I I understand the kids these days want to see the butthole. God, <laughs> you'd be like, Yeah, no, and you, you don't you don't get the internet. Uh, decrease my support. Uh, would you contribute to a GoFundMe for a cat sequel, Cats Two: The Vibrating? Oh. Wow. Um, I would need to know more about it. This is where my research brain comes out. Uh, for one thing, I 
how big is T.S. Eliot's Book of Cats? Are there more <laughs> cats that can be drawn from? Or is this just like, are we going off the deep end? Is this like yeah. cats underwater? So Ooh. it's just cats in space. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. there are versions I would contribute. Yeah, yeah, like there are versions I would contribute to, but there are others I would not. Okay, like cats fight Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would not be. Okay, so you, you would need to know more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is that surprising? <laughs> not, n- n- no. Would you? Uh, yeah, if we could afford it and the world was in a better place and other people didn't need, I'll give that caveat. <laughs> if there were not more important things. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, if Tom Hooper was like, you know what? That turned out weird. I'm going to do a much lower budget one, uh, but try to recapture the magic. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, go for Keep it. Why weird. not? Yeah. Keep the magic coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, if aliens came to Earth and you were the person assigned to greet them, would you show them the movie Cats to explain humanity? No. <laughs> Your eyes were saying no before I even finished the question. <laughs> uh, what do you think aliens would make of Cats the movie? I think they would be so confused they would either take us over or leave. <laughs> or they'd only talk to our cats. And maybe that'd be better. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, or they they would think that we had no uh, knowledge of spatial relationships mm-hmm. in terms of size. I just feel like it would really make them question our sanity. Yeah, they'd feel very lectured by old Deuteronomy at the end, right? <laughs> Staring into their very souls and lecturing them about dogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would be tempted. I would be tempted because it is one of those things that shows the absolute complexity of humanity, of the way we've been able to build idea upon idea. Yeah. Of like, okay, so first you even have to understand cats. Right. Then you have to understand that this person wrote poems about them. And then somebody said, I'll take those poems and I'll make a live show. And then somebody else said, I'll make a movie of it. And then it didn't kind of work out. And kind of because it didn't work out, a bunch of us really like it. Mm-hmm. Is layer upon layer of uh, aliens having to understand that, you know, we're, we're pretty deep. Yeah pretty complex (laughs) if you were about to go see uh cats again Mm -hmm. but a bear was blocking your path into the theater would you try to get around the bear i would invite the bear in to watch cats with us okay would you be excited if the bear was singing and dancing yes (laughs) and then the bear would want its own sequel jellicle bears jellicle bears what do you think jellicle bears are like Okay, I, I like this movie you're pitching uh, called <laughs> Jellicle Bears, where they do sing songs, but they're all in bear roars. <laughs> there's no actual words. Nope. It has subtitles. It has subtitles that, that would say, <laughs> I'm the bear who loves slapping salmon. I'm the salmon bear. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their interest level, their obsession. What is a noise you can make uh, to sum up your interest in cats? Preparing myself. Okay. Okay, that, so that was like a cat kind of uh, skittering onto stage. kind of, Not skittering, sort of uh, gently stepping, mm-hmm. jazz stepping on stage and Prowling. seeing what's what. Yeah. Prowling. Yeah. Okay. Kind of thinking, like, what are my feelings? Let me think about it. Am I a jellicle? And then, I'm a dance. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. What's uh, your noise? My noise would be, meow. <laughs> which is uh, trying to do a meow that says uh, WTF. 
I think you uh, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it Thank in you. one. Yep. All right. Let's rate our obsession levels on a scale of one to ten. One okay. being the lowest, ten being the highest. What is your obsession level with Cats, the movie? Uh, well, based on this conversation, higher than I thought. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm I'm going to give myself a five and a half. Okay. That's pretty solid. I, yeah, I'm going to give myself a six. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, it's not something that I have prioritized. We've only seen the film once. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't gone to, uh, you know, big parties, uh, <laughs> the rowdy cat screenings. And, right. and uh, the, I'm sure the cat parties that happen afterwards. Um, but I am truly fascinated by it and I am truly delighted by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it, it occupies a little bit of my heart and soul in that way. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our plugging section and uh, go ahead and tell people where they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can find me at Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. And you can find me on Instagram at Scrimstreet. Excellent. And then here are some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook as at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center for info on all my upcoming shows. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I don't have upcoming live shows <laughs> right now. Because you're not uh, supposed to. So for info on the show that already passed that got canceled... And for comedy albums that you can uh, listen to right now, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. And thanks so much to everyone who does support the podcast. Here are our final questions. Are you ready? Ready. If you could fly or have super strength, which would you choose? Mm, Flying. Flying. Why? Because one of the things that just stymies me in life is not being able to get to places as quickly as I'd like to, or assuming I am a long distance flyer, not being able to get to places that are far away uh, as easily as I would like to. So it solves a lot of problems. So it just feels great. Yeah. The Plus, idea. it just sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does, when you imagine using super strength, mm-hmm. what pops into your mind? Punching concrete. <laughs> <laughs> for any practical reason or just because you can and it's there the latter so that's kind of why i want to fly it's fun and practical <laughs> the same reason people climb mountains because they're there that concrete's getting punched okay i can see why between punching concrete <laughs> and quickly flying to your most treasure, cherished places you would uh you would choose flight uh if you could make the whole world think one thought at the same time what might it be right now yeah. wash your hands <laughs> I love that you said it in a whispered way. <laughs> yes. Like clean paws the <laughs> hygienic cat. Exactly. Clean paws the hygiene cat. We will write that song very soon. Uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness? Happiness is knowing your jellical name. <laughs> that is a perfect jellical answer to that question and now this uh podcast is going to ascend to the heavy side layer <laughs> thank you very much uh, for listening that is our podcast you've been listening to obsessed joseph scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest rate five stars if you're impressed in the actual musical cats mm-hmm. do the cats get hit in the crotch a lot not that i remember so that's a big change in the movie